Thanks for your number. Is that your 760? Yeah, I only take calls after 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs>
And if you're a great st- stand-up comic, it does not mean you're going to be good at that. And that's the the thing I think some comics get tripped up in. Would you agree with that? Or am Absolutely. I, off I mean, I've seen the worst stand-ups be the best roast battlers. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. Gary. Skagel. Yeah. <laughs> Gary, you'd be a natural. <laughs> no, but it is interesting because did you was, – was, was the idea – co-created with Jeff Ross and the whole like how, how did the idea come to be no it was or come literally to the store? I, uh, I had this open mic I was doing because they'd taken away uh, Mondays at the or Sundays at the Gary's gonna store. ask you afterwards which one right yeah. and get uh, the information it's a hot three <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I had this open mic I was running and then uh, all of a sudden these an employee of the comedy store and a new comic who's under who happened to be underage uh, they started fighting, and the kid who's working said, hey, that kid can't get me in here. He's 20 years old. Let's get him out of here. And the kid was like, hey, man, I'll be 21 next Wednesday. I'm going to beat your ass. And we're like, yeah, slap box. <laughs> so then I was like, well, I just got this room back. They just put cameras in here. If they start hitting each other, I'm going to lose the room. So then uh, I just suggested they, they write jokes about each other, and then everybody in the room will just kind of yay or nay and say who's funny or who's not. And it just kind of went from there. And then Earl uh, was there, like, I want to say the week after that. That sounds like something an ex-gang member would do to prevent, like, (laughs) street crime. But that's a... a, So it it, kind of came out of boredom, probably, you just sitting at the store... And through osmosis, there you go. And then and then you took... You you had the room. It started Mm -hmm. building up. And then when did, like... When did, like, Skakel come into play and the boy band? Like, how did all those elements, like... Because it's not just the, th- it's like the environment. That's mm-hmm. what I love about the show. So can you describe all the different pieces that kind of came into play and how they formatted? Well, I can almost let Earl even tell his story and how he, he got involved. Well, I, I was there from almost day one, and mm-hmm. you know some of the early battles weren't the best. Yeah. You know, it was basically open mic. Or, Enough about Tripoli. Right. Enough, <laughs> <laughs> Enough about Canon. <laughs> um, so I started doing an impression of... Uh, Someone who used to work there, and uh, just to lighten the mood when, when, well, I mean, I can't watch the NBA. It's like gorillas in the mist. That's the PC version, but yeah, but trust me, that's like making him look better. Yeah. Uh, So it it was just done to beat a little pepper on the steak, and uh, me and Moses had great chemistry uh, playing off of each other, and then. once that role was, uh, let's just say, coming to a conclusion, <laughs> I think uh, Comedy Central was like, this guy's pretty funny, but uh, we can't have that character. <laughs> so what he's, what he's getting at is uh, Earl would come in, he would kind of do a, a caricature or an impression of this uh, talent coordinator who happened to be... Has some different views on, on society, as right. Earl says. He's right. definitely a Trump voter. Right. <laughs> Build that wall. Right. Yeah. So then we uh, so we called him the house racist. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That was the uh, that was the correct term for him. So we even had like an intense own section. It would be like the whites only section. We call it. And Earl would just say the most xenophobic, transphobic, homophobic, racist, misogynistic thing you could think of, and people loved it. It <laughs> yeah. was. It yeah. Well, not everyone. Yeah. <laughs> I had a huge black guy come up to me after a show. He's like, "Hey, what's with the racist bullshit, man?" I'm like, "Oh, it's a character like Archie Bunker." And he looks at me and goes, "Who the fuck is Archie Bunker?" <laughs> I'm like, "Hey, Moses, this guy wants to talk to you." <laughs> Ralphie made it no Archie Bunker. Ralph, <laughs> so bad. <laughs> oh, he knows him. <laughs> how about the, how about the boy band? How did that? The all Negro wave. Uh, they came about. 
it was Jamar Neighbors, it was Jack Knight, and there's a couple other guys, and they just started doing, like, their one joke hit really hard, they just started doing the wave, like you'd see at, like, a stadium or an, or an arena. But they're, were and, they're always just kind of there hanging? Yeah, they're always just there hanging, yeah. right. They're, like, you know, they're, they're, your, they're your typical, like, uh, Def Jam audience, you know what I mean? Clapping real loud, running in the aisles kind of thing, just, like, yeah. they're being really animated. So then they just start doing it kind of ironically after like bad jokes would hit. <laughs> You'd be yeah. like, whoa! They just did these crazy just act outs. And then, uh, yeah, they, they they came in, I want to say, God, like a year and a half after the show started. And then the other uh, DJ came in with them. Because when I saw it, when the show from Montreal, I mean, those guys were so effing funny. Just jumping up onto the, just doing these they, weird rants. They had props and everything. <laughs> they were professionals. It's fucking crazy, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they call themselves like, because uh, they only, they're only, they're like six, five to six seconds. So they're like, they said they're live vines. You know I mean? just yeah, no loops, just six seconds of them going up and doing just the craziest thing. Like I see them do a reenactment of Malcolm X getting assassinated. Uh, <laughs> and I'm <laughs> racist. Right. Nine <laughs> eleven. Uh, they did the Harambe thing where uh, the gorilla has the baby and drags around the cage. Jeez. Uh, oh, they're so topical. They're so good. Uh, what else? They 9/11. do their research. Yeah, they do. They're, they're so good. But it's and and it's not only like comics are fans, but then the judges that would come in mm-hmm. that. It's like one thing to see it on TV, but again, I, I I'm just such a huge fan of the space and it being. A, would you agree that there's a magic to the belly room? Absolutely. With what goes on, it's so compact. But then, like, who are the judges you guys have had that, that have come through? Because uh, it's like you see the pictures the next day on Instagram or whatever. Yeah. I'm like, God damn, why didn't I put it on Tuesday? I who who have you had? I mean, I ask you all the time, Steve. You just keep turning me down. <laughs> yeah. You're I'm so at flappers busy at tonight. The Tampa Improv all the time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or off the hook down in yeah Westy. yeah of course you're off the hook. Why not not sell tickets here? Carrie, <laughs> Jim Carrey, Jim Carrey, wow, uh, Robert Pattinson, yeah, from like Robert Pattinson. Twilight, and yes. um, how do you get these guys? Do they approach you saying, "Hey, we want to be part of this"? They they're well friends of theirs. Like if you know, Byrne knows a couple of guys, so he's like, "Oh, you got to go see this." Like he'll he'll invite Vince Vaughn or something like that. He'll be like, "Oh, you got to go see this Rose Battle thing." So it's just it's friends of the show basically, like a Steve Byrne or a Sarah Silverman or a Bill Burr. They'll say, "You got to see this Rose Battle thing." So people like that will come by, like Brett Ratner, uh, the original Wolf of Wall Street. Jordan Balfour showed up. Wow, right, all sober. Uh, who else? Jim Carrey, Robert Pattinson, uh, Clayton Kershaw, right? May- yeah, John Mayer. Wow, yeah. I didn't know Steve. I didn't know you knew Vince. You never mentioned it. Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> I was in four Christmases. Yeah, I didn't know. You knew. <laughs> Ralphie May is your. Uh, anyways, yeah. um, I've been so, in two Kwanzas. <laughs> I bet <laughs> two Kwanzas. Um, so with all the. Like, like, because even I last, I think last time I was there, I I brought some of the guys from the Impractical Jokers up, mm-hmm. and I, I could only so. get two in, because the other there was there wasn't even enough room to get the other two in, but they were just completely blown away. But now, um, so let's go through there. So, so Ross, when did J- Ross jump in? And, Ross and, comes in. I want to say. Uh, around Christmas time, 2013. So, like, we're four months into just, like, working on the show and seeing if it works or not. And then Ross comes in and judges, and the next day he's like, I want to make a TV show. Can we do that? Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, wow. So in 2013, so this has been – so when it went to Montreal, that was really the first time it got big exposure. Right, the biggest exposure, right? Cause that we was last South year, by right? Southwest. Yeah, that was last year. Yeah. So 2015s, yeah. And we had been South by Southwest at that point. We'd been pretty much every we – were, we were heavy in the festival circuit, so I guess the natural uh, – I guess progression would be to go to the Just for Last Festival, and then it did well. And after that, it was like a bidding war for the for the show. So, oh wow! So the show is now officially picked up. We are, yeah. I mean, we we had the first run, and we're just waiting for another announcement for the second run. 
if wow. it happens. That's absolutely crazy. But you did say, like, it, it is interesting because w- when I watched the show and it was w- when Earl was on, Sarah Tiana, Mike Lawrence, it is interesting because you think that there's going to be so many people that are going to crush it, you know, going head to head with somebody, and they don't. I mean, they just, you know, we, we were just, <laughs> yeah. I mean, what makes somebody a good roaster? I mean, what makes somebody good at doing what they do? But, I mean, Earl, That's for as long Earl. as I've known Earl, is, is is a ball buster. But Earl's a natural, yeah. So is it? <laughs> I'm a natural, all right. But I mean, <laughs> it, it, I mean, there is a definitely like like Cannon would be great, like because you're just so quick. I mean, there's some people that just have that knee jerk reflex. But how difficult is it to make the transition from from <laughs> from your character to then going ahead and going head to head with somebody else after seeing it from the beginning? How, were you nervous? Who said it was a character? Oh, I was just about to say that. Like, <laughs> Where's that coming from? <laughs> from, the, from the heart. <laughs> Jesus. I mean, it's tough. Uh, you have to be real uh, thick-skinned. Yeah. And uh, I think I know where I'm going to get hit, and I think other people uh, deny where they're going to hit. Mm-hmm. Get hit like if you're fat, there's gonna be fat jokes. Yeah. If you're going through a rough relationship, there's gonna be relationship jokes. Uh, if you're related to the Kennedys, there's gonna be Kennedys <laughs> right, <jokes>. right. <laughs> nice plug. Yeah. What was what was your favorite joke somebody said about you about about the Kennedy stuff? Um, I think Kay Trevor had a uh, funny joke about my uh, uncles being assassinated. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, it set me up with a great rebuttal with how big his head is. My uncle still be alive. (laughs) Right, if he were sitting in the car. Right. So you just, you have to be honest (laughs) with yourself. And you have to look at yourself and go, am I fat? Is my head big? Am I balding? And write rebuttals. And uh, a lot of people don't. Like, you know, certain people. Because you're ready for all aspects of it, right? I mean, you're ready for, you know, if he goes this way, maybe I'm going to come back this way. Is that oh, yeah. kind of thinking of it? Well, who was who was somebody who, you, <laughs> watch me turn this, who was somebody who you thought would do better that didn't do as well as you thought? I mean, we all love him. Uh, but, you know, Ralphie May, you know, might not have been the most prepared. And when you're going up against, like, say, Mike Lawrence, who's right. a, a two-time Emmy-nominated yeah. writer, He's not going to do just fat jokes. Right. Uh, he's going to look into your history and pull everything he can. And he did. I uh, mean. Yeah, and I think Ralphie was maybe uh, unprepared to rebut some of those. Right. Did you see that one, Steve? It, yeah. It, oh. it, I got it. Sorry. <laughs> Way it to tough? add, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is it tough to see the the aftermath sometimes with some of the comics? Or are you just like, you know what? You knew the deal coming in. But, I mean, there's some big names that come on that get hit, and then there's just, especially I think if you're a young comic and you're coming in, you're fragile as it is, but then to know that's going to stick with some of these young comics for months on end, to think they might not be able to get over. How, is it tough for you guys, or is it just like, look, you know the fucking deal. It's it's the show. For the most part, people understand. It's like uh, when when guys sign up for the NFL, they're not going to sue the NFL because they got a concussion. Like they, they, They understand what they're going into, for the most part. I mean... Ralphie, I guess, is the exception because he knew what he was getting into. He's a big. He champions the show. He loves the show. Yeah. But I think he. Uh, I think he just kind of settled being like, I'm Ralphie May. I can come with stuff off the spot, you know. Mm-hmm. And this guy's not gonna have anything because he's not funnier than me. And then ultimately, the guy was funnier than him. Yeah. So I mean, that's that's kind of what you're seeing sometimes, especially with Ralphie. I think he just took it personally because he's still grieving about what he's going through. 
Right, so it was, it was definitely maybe wrong place, wrong time for him. Right, I think he's a little sure. overzealous with his thinking of coming into the Rose Battle and thinking they're not going to hit him with divorce jokes, you know, your fat jokes, and, you know, Ralphie's a little fragile that way, I guess. Right, because there was a moment during the roast where I think he looked out to the audience and did something like, oh, you know, they're hitting me with those jokes, like right. the fat jokes. And, you know, it was funny because even, I think it was Jimmy Kimmel who said, with, with Mike Lawrence, he said, well, we can tell Ralphie's big, but we can't tell that Mike stinks or whatever right that, right so that there was an obvious you know that, that that's what it was but like i mean mike came out hard i mean with just that joke about you know why you know should his wife wait you know a month to get the money when she could wait two months and get everything or something oh, like it that was that that's one of the I best mean, jokes i've ever heard that, yeah that's a fat joke you know or that's a that's a divorce joke wrapped in a fat joke i mean that's yeah beautiful yeah it's a pig in a blanket half, yeah. half the money now <laughs> half the money now when she can get all of it in two months yeah. I mean, just brilliant. I mean, yes. it just, and I think just, you know, obviously we all love Ralphie, but looking at him, I mean, he was really just stung. I mean, he just looked very thrown yeah. that that was the way the bus was going. It was crazy. Yeah, I think David Spade said it on there. He was like, I'd never seen somebody get concussed by a joke. <laughs> <laughs> it was like he was just up and stumbling around. He didn't know what to do. From the beginning, what has been the biggest surprise to you in terms of, of, of what the show has become? Initially, what it started as uh, up until today, what is... The, the the thing you didn't anticipate? Uh, for it to still be here? I mean, you'd you think people would want to stop getting hit and their feelings hurt, I guess, but people just keep coming back. I, there is a there's a surplus of comedians who just want to get in there and just get their feelings hurt. <laughs> so I, I didn't think that would happen. I mean, I think they're crazy going in there, but they're like, yeah. it's like going to the army. It's like, I can't believe you're doing it, but thank you for doing it because it's you know making us safer, giving me a job, so thank <laughs> you. <laughs> and I got to ask you this, coming from... A young comic, mm -hmm. you're working the phones, you're at the store, you come up with this concept. What is going through your head as you enter that stage and you're at Montreal, the biggest comedy festival, and you see Chappelle coming in night after night, like like the Mount Rushmore comic probably of our generation, mm. a fan of something that you just created because two kids want to beat the shit out of each other in the back park. I mean, what's going through your head at that moment? Because to me, that's I, I know you got the TV show and yeah. that's that's exciting, but I think especially when you have somebody who's such a big name in comedy that comes in and is a fan of your show, I, I think that's, I, I don't know, I, I, I would be in, incredibly... I would take that as a huge compliment, but what, what's going through your head when, especially at when, Montreal, when everybody's coming through? That was the show. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was don't fuck up and and be as natural and as funny as you can be without you know overstepping your bounds. That mm -hmm. was mainly it. I didn't want to. I did. I didn't want to put myself in a position where it was like I was eating. I was hogging the ball. You know what I mean? Because yeah. there's so many people that need that need the ball. But but you're not Tony Hinchcliffe, so you don't. Right. Talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out. <laughs> It's good to be here, all things. <laughs> uh, yeah, exactly. I, I think that. Go ahead, Earl. What were you saying? I'm not saying anything. We all love Tony. I love yeah. Tony. Yeah. It's, this is the nature of this podcast. I love it. Uh, Everybody loves me. <laughs> well, Earl, what's what's been your biggest surprise as the show has gone on? As somebody who's been there from the beginning as well. Just how big it's gotten, and it's going to get bigger. That's yeah. Like, you wouldn't think we could top what we just did, and I get the feeling next year will be double the size and roasters and 
you know, towns will be better. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really amazing. Earl, have you noticed like after doing Montreal, like just other things that have now happened because obviously you're on a bigger scale, you're on a bigger stage, more people see you. Have you noticed the jump in terms of other things now happening as a result of that? Oh yeah. I booked a toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Charmin. Things are happening. It's a lot of money and shit. Oh, it's helped me out. I mean, I've had no TV credit. I literally had more TV credits the week we were in Montreal. Than really? And four times on Comedy Central. In Which is crazy because, you know, Earl's a guy that's been, I mean, a great example of somebody who just hangs in there, sticks around, so you know, but, but and always funny and always, you know, super nice. But, you know, again, like that was your break. I mean, that was kind of what you needed to get the exposure to then boost you up to the next level, right? I mean, I would oh, think absolutely. that that, you know, because you look at even some of the guys that do the roast. Obviously, they just shot the one with Rob Lowe. Mm-hmm. And I just remember when Pete Davidson did the the very first one, like, he just blew it up. And then all of a sudden, now he's getting a lot of different recognition. And, you know, is that maybe something that you would look into? Like, would you want to do something like that on a bigger scale? Oh, I would love to be on yeah. the roast. Uh, I mean, I don't really like roasting because I'm really sensitive. And so I try and put myself in unwinnable situations because that motivates <laughs> me. I was like the Buster Douglas of this time. <laughs> hey, no, but is that toilet paper commercial true? Or did, oh, I yeah. mean, you did book something. It is. Charmin grooved toilet paper. Really? Oh, grooved. Did you have to audition for it, Ripped? or they saw you doing the roast, and they're like, this is our guy? Uh, I had to do a cold reading. <laughs> Hot so, shit cold reading. I'll give you a couple rolls next time you climb out of <laughs> Clean up my stomach. You know, Ralphie or Mitch's ass. One thing I got to ask concerning the roast battle is with the traveling aspect, do you see it potentially maybe just having it in a studio, dropping anchor, that being this, it being one location, or or do you like the the traveling circus kind of atmosphere of it? The traveling circus is cool, but I would love to just, I mean, maybe just anchor one place. That way people can just come and make it a destination, almost like it's Broadway. You know, right. people come in from out of town. There's all these tourists. We heard about the show. We come. We, we came to see it instead of us going out. Because it's, it's, you have, what, there's nine of us? You know, you got Earl. You got the, the All Negro Wave. You got Jeff. You got the DJ. <laughs> Watch out. Yeah. <laughs> that was not the original name of the group. Right. <laughs> what was it? The all nigga wave. <laughs> yes, that all nigga wave. Hard ER. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'll go back to that question you had about like what's the biggest thing that's uh, that I think it, that, that the roast battle's done. I think it's it, the opportunities it's presented for everybody. Myself, Earl, all the battlers. I mean, they're all like they're all writing on other people's shows now. They're all writing for the roasts now. They're you know they're they're heavily uh, in at Comedy Central now and other places. So. I think the, the aspect of people getting work, I think that's the biggest thing I didn't think was going to come. Who are some of the comics that you really like watching that you're like, holy, I can't wait till they get up there and start roasting? Who do you love? Mike Lawrence, Earl Skakel, Sarah Tiana. Yeah. Yeah. Some other, some other guys like Keith Carey, uh, Connor McSpadden, uh, Jay Light. I mean, just like guys you don't know. I mean, but for the most part, and is the it because, writers are really good. And is it because they do research, they know kind of going in? Like, I mean, Earl, you can tell like when you went up there and you were up against Jimmy Carr, like you really put in the time. You know, even when you and I were kind of texting back and forth the day of, you're like, hey, I got to get back to this. You're like, you were really intense about making sure everything was right. But then when you went up there to deliver it, it was really natural and felt like you really meant it, and it was just great. You know what I mean? So like, you know, to to, to beat him, who's a big name, that had to give you a lot of confidence moving forward, right? Because well, didn't he win it last summer? Oh yeah, in Montreal. So that's 
He huge. was a champ. And, yeah. Uh, you know, it was a controversial decision. <laughs> but well, my favorite was when you came out and he had the clipboard and you threw your clipboard. You're like, I don't need this. I don't need this. Do you need yours, bitch? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which... He's great. I love him. Like, yeah. he was so nice to me after. But, uh, you know, yeah, I'm not the best roast writer, so I have to give the performance angle, uh, you know, a higher mark than most you know mike lawrence doesn't have to do anything wacky he can just sit there and rip you i i'm not that good so i do like a pro wrestling character of all the people that you were up against in montreal were you most fearful of him of jimmy carr um i would say the guy i beat for third place k trevor uh because he's canadian and uh he just has that crowd it's it's like me in the belly room very few people can beat me in the belly room because just everyone loves me and it's like it's home field advantage, and he has a massive home field advantage, but uh, it worked out. And he's a, he's a legend up there. So. Right. Did you ever think that like this was going to be the thing that, you know, out of all the years, how long have you been doing stand-up for, Earl? 16 years. Yeah, so did you think, like, you know, after all that, like, this would be kind of like what, like, because obviously when we all start doing stand-up, we all think at, you know, a young point in our career, we're going to be doing this, this, and this. And then did you real like, it's like, oh, my God, this is, after 16 years, like, I, I really found my niche. This is what... I'm really good at, this is what you know my skill set is, which I think is great, I mean, after all this time. Well, I'm starting to think that I'm not going to get the callback for Craig Gilborn. So. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think that that's happening? No. <laughs> Daily Show or Late Show, right? <laughs> they had uh, callbacks for Premium Blend. Uh, <laughs> but don't you think, though, because if you look if you look at the bigger picture, right, there's, there's so many comics that all of us know, right, that have done half hours, they've done late night spots, they've done this, this, and this, and yet they're not doing anything. And so, you know, it, it, it makes you feel good when you can kind of find something, you know, even though you waited all that time, you know, before you got the big break. But, you know, now you found something that is what defined you. I mean, that's kind of your thing. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's really neat to have people. I get stopped on the street now. Hey, you're that guy from Rose Battle. Oh, that's awesome. It was all oiled up in leather pants. <laughs> <laughs> Is it because you were walking down the street oiled up in leather yeah. pants? <laughs> Just at Starbucks? At two in the morning on yeah. Vine. Hope nobody recognizes me. <laughs> hey, there's Cannon walking into the Tiki Theater. <laughs> He's wearing Daisy Dukes. Moses, I got to ask you, and Earl, is there a comic that's been on your bucket list that you want to see battle or judge? But more important, I, I would think you want to get them in the cage. Who would be your ultimate head-to-head that you would love to see and two people you haven't seen? Uh, I would love to see Attell versus Jeff Ross. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. I would love to see that. I'd love to see Jezelnik versus Jeff Ross. I mean, really, I, I'd love to see maybe, you know, Jezelnik versus Schumer, you know? Yeah. That'd be fun to see. Uh, because you, right now it you is... versus Bobby Lee. I'd love to see that, too. You guys have been... <laughs> from oh, the very wanna... beginning, they've been mentioning I'm like, I'm not going to go cockfight with Bobby <laughs> Lee for a bunch of open micers. Fuck you guys. So this is at the very beginning. Right. Well, but, Bobby wanted to do it. That's why we brought it up. But now that it's, uh, it's getting as big as it is, because for the most part, it's been maybe younger comics or comics that haven't had a break or whatever, but are there more comics like Ralphie and like Ren is Easy? Mm-hmm. Are... are Comics that are maybe a little bigger, are they more inclined now to jump into the ring? Yes. Maybe for this next round? Yes. Guys, I mean... Have you gotten interest from... We've gotten... I mean, like, huge guys, but, like, you know, guys 
maybe like right below you is like they're, they're national headliners, but they're maybe not as exposed as the Steve Byrne, but they're right there. I mean, like guys like Ari Shafir want to do it. Ian Edwards oh, wants to do it, you know? Oh, so, Ian would be great. Yeah, Big J Oakerson. I mean, like these are the guys who now want to come in and be like, hey, we want to do this now, you know? We wow. didn't know it would be this kind of thing. Because it's, it's a new sport, you know? It's, it's a new genre in a sense, so... Get in while you can. But are there Steve. people that are there are there Gary. people that don't want to do it because they're worried that it'll make them look bad? I mean, that's partly why they're not agreeing to do it because they just are worried what in the, the beginning will until be. they saw this season or this run of uh, episodes and they saw Jimmy Carr do it and right. Ralphie and Steve do it. I think they're uh, Steve Randy's easy, not Burn, because uh, <laughs> Steve will do it next season. Maybe season three will get Steve Burn. <laughs> well, you know his calendar will be open. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't know what the date is, but there's a good chance he's free. Unless it's a Sullivan and Sons reunion. I don't know. There won't be. There won't be. Trust me. All those that. people are trying to get it off their IMDb page. <laughs> Gary, shut the fuck up. True story. True By the way, story. How, did, how did Comedy Central or, or who was involved with picking all the people that went to Montreal? Was that your decision? Like who yeah, that went? Yeah, that was a collective group of. Wow. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think every, you know what's great about the Rose Battle? They really, and Comedy Central, they really actually let everybody get a, get a say. I mean, Earl had a say in a sense. I mean, Earl may not say it, but Earl's Earl's word means a lot, especially in Rose Battle. So when he's vouching for Olivia Grace or other people, they're like, yeah, we got to do that because we're going to have Earl on. Uh, you know, Jeff Ross is picking, I was picking. So they just, it was all hands on deck as far as talent was concerned. Wow, that's crazy. I mean, because, I mean, it was so, like, you know, I, I couldn't, it was one of those things I just couldn't wait to see the next one. And I know that every every show was live, right? Or the, the finale was live. The finale was live. Right? So, does, I mean, does that put more pressure just because you just want this just to really kick ass? You know what? I thought it was easier doing the live show than the tape show. Oh, wow. Yeah, because the tape shows, they can be like, ah, that wasn't right. Let's go try to get it let's right. It again. With the live, it's like, we can do whatever we want. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It was like, there was, there's no safety net. I mean, yeah. I called Jeff Ross a fag on national TV. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he did. I was nervous, and Jeff kind of threw it to me. I'm like, I got two battles in eight minutes, man. Uh, right. Yeah, and, uh, I like that you. <laughs> when you get nervous, you just, you just scream "faggot." <laughs> Tourette's. Well, that's not my go-to. Word. <laughs> oh, sorry. He's more. He, he does he's have a, a bag classic, full of others. He's a classic N-word guy, usually. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't say the N-word in public. <laughs> in public. I want to see Gary against his own heterosexuality. Oh! <laughs> Who wins? Just, go- <laughs> Just going back and forth. Yeah. Well, we Stop all know it. the reception that the show has had amongst comedians because even on the road, like, the guys that are opening and the gr- they're like, oh, have you seen, you know, it's just, like, spread by wildfire. So comics obviously love it. What has been the network's reception? I know you're you're waiting to mm-hmm. hear, but ha- what has the feedback been from them? Have you heard anything at all? Yeah, they love it. They Good. love it. I, they absolutely love it. They think they, this is their new thing. They think they found a, a new sport, something they can really, you know, I guess uh, overexpose, you know? Yeah. So they're, they're, they're happy. I read some article saying it would be the new At Midnight for Comedy Central, would be, which would be just amazing. But when I read that article, the first thing I, I was thinking was, are you? would you do it, if you had a choice or say, would you do it once a week or would you do it five days a week and, and try to limit the overexposure of it? God. Because then I think the jokes may seem redundant after a certain while. So right. do, is it the type of thing, yeah. long form, where you want to kind of space it? I, I'm just, spin, no, I'm, I'm just I'm, thinking I'm out loud. I'm absolutely with you on that. I, I, you know, if it's if it's a gun to my head saying daily or weekly, I would say weekly. But ultimately, I'd love to do this maybe just annually. You know, that way it keeps it as fresh as possible. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like a World Series of Poker. It's a destination every summertime. Like, I'm going to see World Series of Poker. I'm going to see the NBA Finals. I'm going to see Rose Battle in the summertime. Mm-hmm. So that kind of, it makes like a Super Bowl, you know? Of course, yeah. yeah. Uh, is there a city you would post up? Like, would you take this to Vegas? 
and funny post you say up. That. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Would, are, yeah is it in the better. cards for you, or is, is it something you and Ross have talked about of like setting up camp somewhere and they, or is the belly room just always home for it? I think they want to get out of the belly room. I, it's just, there's just not enough room for the cameras. So yeah. I mean, they're yeah. They it may just always be in Montreal. It may be in another location here in the states. We're not too sure yet, but it'd be fun to do it in Vegas. Yeah. yeah, Gary wants West Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> Are other clubs in LA approaching you saying, "Hey, bring it to us"? Yeah, because you know these clubs. Everybody, yeah. the minute you find the golden ticket, everybody wants to be on board. In the beginning, yeah, they were like, "You guys should do like you know improvs and the meltdown or you know ice house," and we're just like, "We'll just keep it here. It's it's too much to just try to go to the places." Right now, do you like just the hosting aspect of it, or do you would do you also? Enjoyed you battle too, or do you, you, are you? Those who can't roast host. So that's why you and I, Gary, sit here behind this this microphone like this. Uh, <laughs> but no, no I'm kidding. Uh, no, because I do like you're very even keeled. You're yeah. very, you know, I, I love the hey, we're gonna hug at the end. Like it's very, you know, it, it's a great balance of what's about to go down. You know, well, what I do mean? want to ask who whose idea was the hug at the end? Uh, Ross. That was Ross. Ross. Yeah. Because it is. I mean, I know it's a subtle thing. It seems yeah. stupid. But it really it does, does yeah. encapsulate the spirit of the whole thing, and it's right. such a great call. Yeah, because it is about love. You know, it's not about hate and insults. I mean, like, yes, it, it's the nature of the show is very aggressive, but that's why you have guys like the Negro Wave who make it silly. You have guys like Earl who are going to break it up a little bit, you know what I mean? Put that vinegar in the <laughs> just a little bit to break up the acidity. And then, you know, at the end, you hug. It's like, I said the most hateful, mean things I could say to you, but, you know, at the end, it's like, ah, it's all, it's all in fun. And but I'm such a jokes. huge fan of the show, and another reason why I personally am a huge fan of the show is because at times in my career I've gone ethnic and I've explored boundaries and mm -hmm. I've I went as far as I could I brought it back or whatever but have you because I think that's one aspect of this show I really appreciate is the fact that comics will go way past the line and again it's in that spirit of love and appreciation mm -hmm. and having fun with each other has there been blowback because you guys know there's so many comedians that don't want to perform at colleges right. with younger crowds with millennials are they just ha has there been some sense of blowback in terms of that's too much that's too that's too far for us because it seems no. to be like the one venue <laughs> yeah. perhaps in comedy where you can get away with that stuff because when you're out there with the mic and you're saying some of these things mm -hmm. You will get blowback, right. but if you're out there in that forum, for some reason, it seems to be a safe space. But but according to you, there's been no blowback whatsoever. No blowback from the network. I mean, I think early there was a there was a thing that happened with the uh, this black dude in the audience. He was just like, "Why are you so racist? Or you know, why are you guys allowing these guys to do these kind of things?" And <laughs> it, it blew up a, a little bit in the black community here in, the, in Hollywood. Really? Yeah, yeah it, it, it was it was a small one. Yeah, I got approached by. That big dude he's talking about is Joe Torrey. Joe Torrey approached both of us. Big dude. He, I, he approached me huge. first. If you remember Joe Torrey, he was like the second host of Def Jam on, on HBO after right. Mark Lawrence. And now he's just like this big bodybuilder who does comedy as well. Uh, but he he had checked us about it, which is funny because he was like, why why you let him talk, say all things about black people? I was like, well, you're not saying anything about the... Because the, that night wasn't the all-Negro wave. It was the all-terrorist wave. It was all these Middle Eastern comics right. who did a bunch of like 9-11 jokes, beheading jokes, waterboarding jokes. He said nothing about them. Yeah, right. He only talked about the black people. I was like, they didn't even say anything that bad about it. it I think uh, Earl's with the girl at the time, and she said something about watermelon and black people, and... Nobody really lost their mind except for that guy. And then the wave yeah. did this, like, beheading 9-11 joke. I remember that night because yeah. he was offended at all. He wasn't offended at the 9-11 mm -hmm. stuff, but he came downstairs and he was offended at a Meta Meds act. 
<laughs> he was offended by that. I remember that evening. I don't believe that. By the way, <laughs> that somebody watched a Meds act. Oh, that's so oh, good, Gary. <laughs> but by the way, but 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 but, but nobody's just... nobody's offended at Jeff Dunham's character puppet, the mm-hmm. Ahmed the terrorist. I mean, it's like yeah. that's got racist written all over it, and that's what catapulted right. him to millions and millions of dollars, which yeah. is just absolutely nuts. Because yep. Americans hate Muslims. But go ahead. <laughs> Can we and talk Dunham. about uh, Ahmed Ahmed's acting and executive decision? I, what, what, no, what's what's executive? I didn't see that. He played one of the terrorists that oh, okay. hijacked the plane. It was stellar. <laughs> but have you gotten anything from other comics yeah. like of like you just this did five is... minutes <laughs> to write the whole plane? <laughs> the pilot said, "Fuck it, let's just crash." <laughs> well, just like us was the inboard movie, and they said, "Fuck it, we got to take over this plane." And... <laughs> well, I, I I texted Steve. I said uh, I they shot that new movie, the Sully movie, on the same stage as they did Sullivan, and I said two disasters in the same stage. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Nobody's safe in here. <laughs> well, I got to tell you guys, I appreciate you guys coming in, taking the time to talk with us today, and from just a guy who's been at the store all these years. Passing past with you guys, working with you on a weekly basis at the, at the store. Couldn't be two nicer guys in comedy, and I love the fact that you're a hockey fan, too, yeah. with all your jerseys. But, Moses, I, I couldn't be happy for you. Just one of the nicest guys I've come across that's, that's worked the phones and worked his way up the store. And to see, like especially like a young guy, move here, roll the dice, believe in yourself. And here you are. You got a show on Comedy Central, and you work with Jeff Ross, and it's literally one of the most exciting venues I think in stand-up comedy since probably Chappelle's show. To be completely honest with you, where comics are talking about it, people are talking about it, and it's just damn exciting. So I couldn't be happier for you guys to be especially part of such with a Earl show. too, because you know I've known Earl for such a long time, and like it's just so awesome to find this thing that made you jump to that next level, which you. You know, I'd been looking for, and now you know it took you a little bit longer than you probably thought. No, and then... I had a sixteen-year plan. You <laughs> <laughs> that was always the plan. Back off, asshole. No, but I, it really is to finally. I just remember. I remember seeing Earl one time at the Hollywood Improv. This was years ago, and Earl gets up on stage. There's like six people, and this is when MySpace was big. And he said something like, uh, "Proof that these MySpace bulletins don't always work." <laughs> and I just remember it was just this great joke and just really funny. And Earl's the nicest guy and it's you know how great is it to see that you know this creation that brian had just come to fruition and everybody's benefiting from it and you know you're it, it is kind of like the new chelsea lately in a sense that you know the show now is helping so many comics jump to that next level yeah. which is what that show did so it's really cool so I, I think it's awesome but it all works because of brian being such a good host and you know because this show has so many moving parts. You've got three judges, the Negro wave, the house racist, the crowd, two battlers, and he brings nine people together and makes it cohesive. Right. I, I don't think this show works if it had another host that you know wasn't quite the uh, people pleaser he is. And that's not being an ass kisser, but just but being it is real. true. I think there is a there being a host is a very difficult thing because you can see it on a nightly basis on some talk shows where the host isn't necessarily there to create the platform for the guest. Sometimes the host becomes the guest in itself, and you have always been nothing but a gracious host in terms of facilitating the show, but also saying, hey, look, I don't need to get the biggest laugh. The laughs are going to be here. I'm the host. Right. Point guard. 
Yeah. Point guard just passing the ball. I mean, there's so many playmakers. It's like I, I don't I don't need to do anything really. There's so much funny happening around me. It's just literally lobbing the ball up and watching Earl or Jamar or Jeff or Steve Byrne or Sarah Silverman or Dave Chappelle just dunk the ball. You know what I mean? But, but there's a, no ego with you, and yeah. maybe at times there should be, but I, I completely agree with you in terms of just being a great host and understanding the role, which is tough. And even like Earl said, you, I'll you, pay have you have... guys after this, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you have to have thick skin. Could you imagine? Like, you, you, I remember being on the road with you all the time, and just shitting on you guys. And then, like, somebody would say something to me, and somebody would be like, "Hey, you weren't offended by that, were you?" And I was like, "I'm shitting on you guys constantly." Now, all of a yeah. sudden, I'm going to take offense to it. But like Owen, you know, our buddy Owen Benjamin would just have these awful comebacks of like, you know, anytime like I had a, an eye problem, he'd be like, "I hope you go blind, can you fuck?" I'm like, well, "That's not even funny." Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, like that was just downright. Well, he was angry because you kept telling him to go get his keyboard. <laughs> so, Jesus, Gary. I asked him if their power went out in the club, what would, what would he do for the next half hour? How would he play the well, piano? Well, what is next on the horizon for you guys in terms of, you know, even talking roast battle, any any future plans, and what else is, is coming up that, you, that maybe now you're inspired to uh, look outside other channels? Anything else on the horizon for you guys? Yeah, I I, uh, I just hosted the red carpet for Comedy Central for their Rob Lowe roast. Uh, I think Earl's got something coming up for that as well. Yeah, I'm doing uh, the recap next week with Mike Lawrence of the Rob Lowe roast. Oh, that's, oh, that's awesome! Yeah, so sure, High Def will love us two together. <laughs> <laughs> that's know, very like, cool. It's, it, I guess it's just capitalizing on, on of course the quote unquote heat you have. So yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're pitching. <laughs> We're pitching sketch ideas and, and other things like that. So yeah, it's it's all in the name of the game. Oh, and where can everybody find you online? Uh, you can at roast battle, uh, at verbal boxing, verbal boxing on Instagram, and I'm at race banning on Twitter. And uh, I'm at tender <laughs> <laughs> or grinder. <laughs> I mean, I'm on grinder now because uh, pussy's been a gateway drug to. <laughs> it all comes full circle. Yeah. It's great. Well, you thank you guys. <laughs> Two of the nicest guys ever. Literally, and when. Yeah. When are you potentially, have they given you a timeline about maybe when you're going to hear anything? Steve, I can't say that until they officially announce it. I yeah, hold tight. Okay. Hold well, tight. Steve, Steve's just already excited about a TV credit next year. Oh, <laughs> He's getting I'm very excited. I'm excited for these guys who could be happier. <laughs> Continued success, you gentlemen. Love, love you, boys. Right Roast you. Battle Comedy Central. It's available online at RightComedyCentral.com. So go check it out. Roast Cakel, Brian Moses, all things comedy, the gentleman's dojo. Bye-bye. Each night when you say your phone. Available at Gary Cannon Comics. Steve's hoping Comics Unleashed comes back.